Hey, everybody, the Vintage Strength Games are coming to Clayton, North Carolina on June 2nd to the 4th. June 2nd to the 4th. Go to VintageStrengthGames.com for more information and to sign up. Also, make sure you go on Facebook and you join the Vintage Strength Games Facebook group. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Steel Mace Nation podcast. My name is Fred Moore, and today I have on Colin Cummings. Coach Colin, uh, I found him on YouTube. Um, he was talking about some, you know, things. Uh, he, he was talking about mental stuff or mindset stuff, but he was also talking about today's issues, things that are going on kind of uh, right in front of our faces that, you know, I think we need to be talking about, things I've talked about on the podcast a little bit here and there. But uh, I reached out to Colin because, you know, he's uh, he's really good at talking about this stuff. And I think he's going to add some really important things that I believe you, the audience, would like to um, get into, uh, hear about and stuff. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about things like the vaccine. Uh, oh, I said the, I said the bad word already. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh we're talking about you know just the state of of affairs in today uh today's world yeah. so yeah, uh yeah. welcome aboard um colin thanks for coming on man yeah yeah actually you know in my content i actually never have to talk about that because um it seems like there's more glaring issues yeah. that are kind of the root of things like that um yeah yeah so i mean the way i got started if you want me to get into how I started, like I, yeah. I'm a high performance coach, right? So I do a lot of high performance content, a lot of mindset stuff. Like I'm really into mindset. I'm really in the mindset and habit formation. And that actually stems from uh, having a drug addiction myself. That's actually how I got into it. Like who knows more about addiction than somebody who like gets addicted to drugs. Right. <laughs> so that was like my thing. And, uh, and recently about a year ago, I would say, I gave my life to God. I started praying. I got I got heavily involved in uh, in in prayer, in in the Bible, in in in, in church. I, I I'm a part of a Christian men's group, and yeah, my life really just started to take a really odd turn, and odd for me at least from where but I was wait, coming from. Did you have the podcast at that time, or? I, I did and I wasn't doing much okay. because I kept falling into, you know, bad patterns. I had the coaching practice. I was coaching people, but I I just wasn't living right myself. And and I always knew about that stuff. I've been studying like the occult and symbolism and what's going on in the world since I was like 15 years old. I mean, yeah. back when back when YouTube was rumble, YouTube used to be rumble. Like you used to go into YouTube and find all sorts of stuff. And you could just watch for hours on all sorts of topics. And and I did that from the time I was like 15 to like 20 years old. And then, uh, you know, slowly started moving towards other things, you know, get involved with girls. You start straying away from the computer. You know, I don't want to be some computer nerd. I was like out in the streets, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been I've been looking into this stuff for a long time, but I kind of just, you know, in my circles of people, we all kind of know about it. 
We don't talk about it too much. We're just trying to get by, just trying to get as successful as possible. That way we don't have to kind of adhere to all this stuff. You know, it's like kind of, you know, get that money so you can get a ranch and, and move somewhere far and homeschool your kids and <laughs> grow your own stuff and get your own cattle. Um, that's kind of what you want to get into. And uh, yeah, so I just was on the coaching path. I was just coaching people. I have a coach myself and I started I started dedicating. I started taking my own advice. I give so many, many people so much advice on habit formation and how to do better in life. And and one thing I was just like, yo, I, I need to start taking my own advice. And it's actually something that Dr. Peterson, someone who I'm really into his work, he, he says, he's like, you should make a list of all the stupid things that you do that you know you shouldn't do. And I was like, I'm going to make one of those lists. And I made the list and like the top glaring one was like, I don't take my own advice. I don't do what I tell people to do. And, you know, and like, it was like, what kind of man is that in reality? You know, I'm, I'm big on being a good man. Like my dad wasn't that great of a man. And I, so I, it made me really big on being a good man, being somebody who has integrity. And I decided you know, I'm going to take my own advice. And, and then I was just like, let me get dedicated to this podcast. I'm just going to make content for a year. And let's just see what happens. Let's see what happens when I actually dedicate myself. I know what happens when I dedicate myself to working out. I mean, I lost 200 pounds over my over my life. I used to be 350 pounds. So I was like, let me dedicate to this content thing. And I just started making videos and making videos. And then I was doing Uber Eats as well. I walked away from a job in HR so I could focus on doing the coaching thing. Cause I know if I, you know, erect my own business, I'm going to be able to take care of my wife and my kids a lot better. Right. So I was just like, you know, I'm just going to do Uber Eats and do this coaching thing and like grow it as much as I can. And I just kept making videos, making videos for a few days. And then my wife kind of, she called me. She called me like somebody died. And I'm like, well, what's, what's the matter with you? She's like, your video, it got like 800 views. Like I, I was always in this plane of like getting 10 views, 20 views, you know, just that stuff. And she's like, this video got 800 views. And I was like, I was like, honey, I'm, I'm working. Like, what? Like, okay, all right, cool. Thank you. Like, you scared the hell out of me. <laughs> and then uh, I kind of took notice and I was like, let me look at this. I'm like, what did I actually do? And I kind of, yeah, what did you talk head. about? Right. You looked at yeah, like, was, the essence of it. Yeah. Like, what did I talk about? How did I make my thumbnail? What did I do in the titling? And I kind of just said, okay, I'm just going to repeat this. It was actually a Liver King episode. Oh. basically I just made a take on liver King. I was like, let me just approach this from a, a coach perspective. You know, somebody who has more compassion, who can see like, you know, emotional intelligence. And I just gave like this quick talk about how he just like, he stumbled in his, his integrity and every man ends up stumbling in their integrity at some point in their life happens yeah. to every guy. It's just, his was like huge and in front of everybody. Yeah. And every, yeah. every, every guy slips up and does something fucked up. You know what I mean? Like, Right. Who doesn't? So I just did that video. I did it again. It got some views. And then I was like, maybe I should like start looking at cultural things. Like I know a lot about culture. I'm like, well, maybe I should just start doing that. And then I just started doing that. And then slowly it started turning into like people commenting, like good journalism, good reporting. And I was like, what the, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> I'm like, I'm just making videos here, but I mean, to, to what you were talking about, I started making videos about, um, you know, social issues, what was going on in the world. Um, I started learning about the WEF a little bit, you know, because I, I really was unaware. Like, as much as I know about the occult and, like, all this stuff and the stuff they put in playing sight in front of us, I didn't know about that organization. And then one day on January, I think, 27th, 
Dr. Peterson said he had a big announcement on JRE and I was covering JRE episodes because it was like, like, man, I do Uber Eats for 12 hours a day. I'm listening to Joe Rogan's podcast. I'm like, I'm just going to cover clips of Joe Rogan's podcast. I'm like, what else am I going to do? I'm like, yeah. it's what I do every day, all day. All right. So then I made that video about how Jordan Peterson announced an alternative to the WEF. And that video ended up getting like 1.1 million views. Yeah. And then that's when the channel started going crazy. And I went from like 168 subscribers to a thousand and then like within that week it got to ten thousand and then a week later it was twenty thousand and it just kept snowballing from there and then i just said you know what let me just focus on that content because again back to integrity i was like i'm like i already know so much about this stuff i'm like for me not to talk about it i don't know it just doesn't make sense i'm like i should talk about it i already have my coaching clients you know maybe this is going to turn into something else you know so I just started talking about social issues and, you know, now it's like, you know, it's like WEF and now I'm talking about what's going on in France and I'm, I'm covering pieces on that and, and, you know, it's still do the Joe Rogan stuff, but also it's like, you know, you got to take notice of the world and I'm working on a new show with my wife where we do some deep dives and our first episode is going to be like, what's going on with the, the Dutch farmers yeah, and just stuff like that. A lot of people say uh, it reminds what I do reminds them of like redacted. And I didn't yeah. even know what I didn't even know what redacted was. And I was like, oh, maybe I should look at that. And it's a husband and wife. And I'm yeah. like, honey, I'm like, we're gonna do that. <laughs> I'm like, we're gonna yes. do something like that. I like so, that. That's a good idea. And and you know, just to kind of when I found you, you this is this upswing you went on, right? So I, I you just popped up in my feed because of all the stuff that I look at. And I took the time to listen to you. And this is what I want to tell people, you know. Um, we get used to the big names all the time and that's fine, but there's a lot of people such as yourself who are on the up and coming and yeah, you did like uh, a reaction type video if for lack of better description to Jordan Peterson, anybody mm -hmm. could do that in theory, but they really can't. And what I'm saying is, is you did something that connected with me. The way you were you were talking, what you were talking about, I could see that you definitely took the time to do your research, not just superficial glance at what Jordan Peterson was talking about, and you you kind of you kind of like uh, developed it a little bit more because even something as big as a Jordan Peterson or a Joe Rogan, there's still going to be little little things left unchecked and you kind of like you came you came in and mopped up a lot of stuff and it also feels really good when you start finding people that think like you and mm. i think there's a lot of people out there who think like you that think like me you know that there's definitely something serious going on in the world this this issue that you mentioned about the dutch farmers that's a little bit older now compared to all the other stuff that's going on, like what's going on in France, but it's all connected. And, um, definitely. It, I, I feel like society, uh, get, has very short term memory. Like the Dutch farmer thing is in the past now for most people, but it takes people like you to be a bridge back to the past. Like, Hey, wait a minute. Look, I, I was looking into this Dutch farmer thing and look, this is a form of fascism. And look, this is happening in France. This is a form of fascism. Oh, look, let's look at the future of America. 
let's go over that bridge now. We're going over the future bridge. And that's what you're doing. And you do it well. It, you have like a keen eye for picking up on these little things. And I think that's why you're popping now. Thank you. Thank you. I think, uh, you know, everybody should have a, you're supposed to have a, I was actually just saying it to a friend, like you're supposed, there's supposed to be a bit of a tension between the people in the government because the people are supposed to be watching the government so keenly and seeing that their decisions are actually going to benefit them. So there's supposed to be like a tension there. It's not supposed to be just them lulling us into this little sense of like, you know, false sense of security all the time. Right. We're supposed to be watching them and they're supposed to answer to us when we ask questions. Right. Um, and like, even with something like the Dutch farmer thing, it's like, it's still happening. That's the right. thing. It's like a lot of people, because of the news cycle, a lot of people just think like, oh, this thing is done and gone. It's like, it's still happening. They're still living that, you know, just like, like with France, like I covered that piece in France just a few days ago, but they've been going out, like basically protesting like this for weeks. Yeah, for like at least five weeks every day in the streets, like going like just it's crazy what's been going on there. So we keep thinking these things are like just done, but they're not done. They're they're still going on. It's just they're done for us as as people in North America. We just get we get pushed to the new thing every single week. Every single week, there's like a new thing. Every Monday, it's like a new news cycle, a new bunch of things, you know? Like right. the recently, like something came out, digital blackface, and now that's a new thing for white and black people to be upset about. Oh, digital blackface, and oh, this, right, this white guy's that? racist. Oh, CNN just released an article talking about digital blackface and how if a white person uses a meme of a black person to express <laughs> themselves... It's yeah. digital blackface. <laughs> I did this video on it, and the, throughout the whole video, I'm using like white memes. I'm using like Greta Thornburg, "How dare you?" I'm using Jordan Peterson. So it's like, am I am I now uh, doing whiteface? Like, am I some kind of person to be demonized? Um, it's it's complete nonsense, and and it's funny because every talking about a keen eye every election cycle they do this stuff. Every election cycle, it's yeah, we gotta pit white people against black people because. Yes. If we have them all come together, they're just they're just gonna look at us. Like if they're all communicating and on common ground, they're just gonna look at us. And then they're gonna all of a sudden see, like, well, does it matter if I'm right or left? Because if both sides are doing some kind of shenanigans, like maybe it just matters what we need as white, black, brown, all of us together. Maybe it just matters that all of us come together and they should just like answer to us. Like whether it's two parties or whatever. It's like you guys just need to step it up. In yeah, some that's form. that. That's something I've been doing a lot of Facebook posts on, talking about the division. It's annoying as hell, man, because I I, I see it all the time. I like to talk about. A, uh, did you ever hear the author ha uh, Howard Zinn? He wrote a People's History of the United States. He died no. probably. He he was like in Vietnam War. No, no, I'm sorry. He was in World War II. He was a bombardier. He dropped bombs on people in Europe, and then he kind of realized what the hell am I doing? So he became, he actually became a progressive liberal. And, um, yeah. you know, so he was accused of being a communist all throughout his, his uh, lifetime. He wrote a book, the people's history of the United States, which I recommend. And I'm a conservative kind of guy. And I value that book because I'm an open-minded person, but like guys like Glenn Beck, like shot the book down. It's like, Oh, this is going to ruin America. But it, what it did was it, it exposed fascism for what it was mm. right in those earlier days. Anyway, he also wrote uh, another book. Um, you say I, his name is Howard Zen? Zinn? Zinn, Z-I-N-N. 
Z-I-N-N. Okay. Yeah. And, and um, that was called, it's just called a people. Go to adxclub.com to purchase a steel mace or a steel club that's adjustable, made right here in the United States. History? Yes, a people's history of the United States. Okay, cool. So it makes it paints the government or all governments, not just ours, but it pretty much paints government itself as the bad guy. Uh, you know, rich people as the bad guy. That's why it was kind of like not liked by conservatives because it seemed like it was an attack on rich people, which I, I didn't get that out of it. it. I got what I got out of it was that yes, people with money will take advantage of people without money. That's how I took it. Yeah, yeah. He also did a research on the Civil War, or actually the Deep South, when it was Slave South. Mm -hmm. And he collected letters that were written back and forth from plantation owners to government people or anybody, you know, any of these highfalutin circles. And yeah. these letters showed how paranoid the, the rich elite plantation owners were of the Poor white people realizing they're not much better off than the than the slaves and the, and the slaves. poor black people. And yeah. so they did everything they could to drive a wedge in between them. And they just gave the white people just a little bit more and said, wow. hey, what's that called? What's that called? I think it's called passionate declarations. But that I, that is that's like the blueprint of like today. That's exactly what it is. Yes. You know, that's exactly. I know. I might be uh, wrong about the name of that book, but uh, once you get into the Howard Zinn, um, you know, website or whatever, it, it'll probably pop up. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's uh, that's exactly what's going on nowadays. And and they're using it. If, I mean, now the division is even worse, right? I mean, they have yeah. a, there's there's black people who are divided against other black people. There's white people divided against white people. It's not even race yeah. anymore. It's all these other things. It's, it's as many columns as they can separate people into because, again, it's like everybody knows the old adage. It's divide and conquer, right? And it's like you can't just you can't just take, you know, 400 million people and separate them into 200 and 200. That's still 200 million people you got to deal with on either side. Yeah. So you got to separate them until they're all down to like these small, small groups. And now you can speak to them on a level. Now you can pull them in for your votes and you can pull them in for whatever you're looking to do. And that's just what they do constantly. I mean, like I even said in that video, I'm like, they separate people every election cycle. You see black and white, and then they go left and right. So it's yeah. like four little columns that they just separate everybody into. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's every single election cycle. Like you can look back and see every single time there's always this racial tension because that's the number one thing to do. It's the number one way to make somebody upset. Right. And now with this digital blackface thing, it's like the internet, it's like people are just on the internet. We're all using memes. We're all using gifts. We're all communicating efficiently. It's like, how do we break that up? Well, we give black people another reason that they can call white people racist. And that's now another reason for white people to be upset about black people and then like it's just it's just another way to divide it's it's yeah. it's it's amazing and the next thing you know cnn releases that article and then my buddy sends me like at least four tiktoks of people like let me explain like digital blackface like it's like a real thing it's like this was just invented a few days ago and now they're talking about it like it's in the history books it's ridiculous man yeah well you so many people want to 
Yeah, people want to get um, get their face out there, right? I don't know if it's narcissism or something, but they want to, you know, they think they're getting ahead of this new thing that they could become an expert on and get a bunch of likes. It's a virtue signal, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a, a big virtue signal. But yeah, there's there's a lot of that. So in terms of like where where my content went, it just went towards these social issues because it's like as much as I. I love habit formation. I focus on it. I still coach people. I, 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 I'm, I'm always focused on goal setting. I'm always focused on improving myself, exercise, mindset, anything you can think of. You know, like I was, I'm wearing a David Goggins shirt right now. Oh like, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> like he's I'm awesome, focused man. On, yeah, man. He's amazing. So I was like, I'm focused on that stuff, but there's other issues that seem like they need more light. You know, it wasn't like I was trying to get on a soapbox or anything. It was just like, I know about this. I can see it and I'm not seeing anybody else talk about it. So I might as well just, you know, take the time to talk about it. Like that whole thing with Jordan Peterson, it was literally, I was just like, I don't think people understand what he just said. Like that was the whole thing. I was like, I don't think people get how big what he just said was like, he's creating an alternative to the WEF. I'm like, yeah. Like what happens when those two things? I'm like, what? What is this? Like, this is gonna be nuts. And then I just made that video. And the thing about it was, I made that video, and a lot of people didn't understand because you know people love Jordan Peterson, but sometimes he just talks a little too dense, and they don't understand. Yeah. And and I posted that video before he got a chance to, so I was five days ahead of him in terms of like letting people know how, the importance of it. And that was why it took off the way it did. Cause there was nobody else who was talking about it at all. You know? Yeah. That's, that's, that's what I mean. And, and the proof is in the pudding by how many followers you just accumulated because of that, because if it was weak, nobody would have jumped on it. Right. But you yeah. delivered something that uh, is good. So, um, you know, keep doing that, keep doing that. We're going to keep following <laughs> you. And um, I think that, you know, people need to, you know, you, I could see why a lot of people won't follow Jordan Peterson. Like you just said, he's, he's so dense and yeah. it just, he has some, like, sometimes he starts to cry a little bit, you know, which, <laughs> which is fine with me, but for some other people, they don't get that. Right. So a guy like you, you can kind of like take that information he has and not make it so dense, kind of deliver it with a different flavor, throw your own stuff in there. Uh, and if somebody connects with you personally, like I like Colin, I don't like Jordan Peterson, but they like you. <laughs> yeah. Well, then that's how we spread the word. That's how we get this stuff around because they're certainly not going to put him on any of the mainstream media channels. Yeah, no, not unless it's like making fun of him. I, I've seen mainstream media like towards the crying, they call him like emotionally unhinged. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like uh, all the time. It's like, oh, men are too misogynist, especially white men. You know, they're the demons. They're too misogynist. They're they're too masculine. They're too this. They're too that. Then one of them cries, and they're like emotionally unhinged. And it's yeah. like, well, what, what do you want from guys? <laughs> damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, because I'm big. Even with that France part, man, like there's an independent journalist that I was following because uh, he was giving hour by hour updates. He was in the thick of it. He was getting harassed by police. He was he was just in it. And the other day with the update that I made, he actually got hit with a piece of shrapnel. So uh, the French government, uh, I guess they have no problem throwing. I don't know if it was a flash bomb or just a straight up grenade, but he caught some shrapnel in his leg. 
And that was actually the the video that I played. YouTube actually uh, age restricted it and, and probably won't get monetized or anything like that, but it's fine. But I got choked up just watching that because I'm like, I'm watching this guy. He's doing what I'm doing on a completely different level, on a, yeah. on a much deeper level, in my opinion. I'm just in my house. I'm, you know what I mean? Like I, I get to kiss my wife goodbye and then I sit in front of a, a camera. But this guy's out there, and, and he has shrapnel in his leg. Also, he could bring us that little bit of news that's going on where he is. And I got choked up just talking about it because it's like, how far is this stuff gonna go? Like, how far are they gonna, how far are they gonna push people before they just kind of say, you know, maybe we should stop doing what we're doing, you know? Yeah. Like, or do they decide to? turn it up a notch yeah Dude, exactly when you see it's the scary. shrapnel it's, it's almost like they decided to turn it up a notch you know like the 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 scene that he was a part of it looked like a war zone like they were throwing yeah. smoke the people had to pick up the smoke before it could get to them and throw it back and it was just wild it's like it's like i was talking about in the the first france or the second the, the response one that i made uh, with the journalist it's like when you see a city like that, any city, whether it's Canada and the Freedom Convoy, whether it's it's protests anywhere, like France right now, that's like when somebody has a heart attack. And I know you're a fitness guy. It's like a heart attack doesn't just pop out of the blue. It's like it's things that you've been doing over and over again, and the heart attack is just a byproduct of your actions. Right. And it's the same thing with protesting. It's just a byproduct of what you've been doing to your people over and over and over again. Until it's just enough. And then they clog up the streets the same way they clog up an artery with a heart attack. It's just it's just too much. And to see that, you know, I said this in the video, to see that they're willing to have these people, they're willing to have their citizens who are law enforcement and their citizens who are just regular people, to have them in the streets fighting, it really shows, like, where where their mindset is. Like, they're supposed to be for the people, but they're doing things like that. It shows that they're not really thinking about the people at all. So it's like, whose agenda are you trying to put forth? And, and with the France piece, I actually I made the connection to the WEF because, you know, the president of France is actually one of the young global leaders, um, the Emmanuel Macron, I believe his name is. Yep. And it's just like, it's like who like like you're putting through laws without consulting your parliament, but you'll go to Davos and consult with the WEF. It's like, whoa, what? What is going on? Like, and and it's not okay. And like, I'm glad the people of France have shown that it's it's not okay because you can't keep having this happen. It's just, it's all yeah. over the world, man. Like Israel's going through it now too. I'm probably gonna do a piece on them as well. It's like, it's crazy. Yeah, Israel. Um, so Netherlands has it. The tra tractors, thousands of tractors, farmers uh, spraying yeah. manure on places. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Brazil. Um, had something going on because of that sham presidency, but uh, that was quelled, I guess. Uh, again, yeah. I, I don't know if there's anything going on there. Australia was popping before. Um, I don't know if it's going to, if anything's going to happen there again. And then, of course, there's, is something going to happen here in the U.S.? Oh, and I'm forgetting to mention the truckers convoy up yeah. in, in Canada. So th this is happening around the world. Millions billions of people cannot be wrong can they right right and it is a point where it's getting to like the billions because it's like you didn't even mention what was going on in china oh right china was having a huge type of revolt with what was going on there was a lot going on they were fighting just as hard as the people of france are right now so it's like it's it's happening everywhere it's like when 
when are we actually going to see a when are we actually going to see a government body that's actually doing things for the people you know not just for you know the wef calls it the stakeholders you know like they're always trying to serve the stakeholders whatever whatever that means you know like who's a stakeholder in the world like i i would think it's you and i yeah. the actual stakeholders like you know we're in the communities like we're a part of the communities we we birth the people who become the future of the communities like who more so is a stakeholder than than you and i and the people watching it doesn't um, seem so, like they're including us does no it? no no in that conversation we're not the stakeholders it's just whoever is the richest and has the most control over whatever regions of the world they're trying to get their tentacles into and it's just yeah it's it's hard it's hard it's very hard to ignore it's very very hard to ignore you know um yeah, I've learned a lot like from doing this for the past few months. Um, I've learned a lot from Russell Brand just in terms of like how he chooses to speak. And uh, but I've learned a whole lot from Matt Taibbi, the journalist. Um, he's amazing. And he's the one who actually gave me that uh, that analogy of the tension because he talks about like old school journalism. He's like he's like, we're supposed to have a tension between the, the the authority figures and ourselves because we're supposed to be asking hard questions and we're supposed to be a asking those questions for the people because the people deserve the answers he goes we're not supposed to be your friends like we're not friends and like they were just talking in regards to like you know cnn brian steltzer don lemon and these guys who become like they become the megaphones of the elites and their agendas and that's not how it's supposed to be it's 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 actually quite upside down it's on its head because that's not what's supposed to happen. Journalists aren't supposed to yell to the people, you know, what the elites are saying. They're supposed to yell to the elites what the people are saying. You know what I mean? It's it's uh, it's, it's it's very weird. It's very weird. And um, yeah, I'm gonna keep on doing it. It's probably gonna get. I'm I'm working on releasing different shows. I wanna I wanna get I wanna get both sides. Like I'm hoping to find somebody who's like liberal leaning. I'm more I'm more conservative. Me and my wife are pretty conservative as time goes on especially like as now we're like we're like about to have like our first kid and stuff it's like we're we're getting more conservative you see you yeah. tend to worry about the world differently yes you know as you get as you get older and yeah, yeah so. i have i have one and i just keep thinking about what is that kid's future gonna be if yeah. i don't help make that future for her and that's why I'm at a point where, I mean, it's falling on deaf ears, my friend, but I go around and I tell people all the time, it's our job to make this sacrifice. And mm -hmm. whatever the sacrifice is, it it has to be. And, you know, a lot of people don't want to hear that. I mean, I had somebody tell me yesterday, no, no, you know what? My kids are just going to have to figure it out on their own. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, well, good luck with that because, it's... you know, the last time – Somebody did that. It was like 80 years of Soviet communism yeah, yeah before exactly. anybody figured out how to wrestle out of it. So, no, yeah. that's not the right time. Yeah. yeah, it's really it's really rough. And you actually have a kid. Have you, uh, like me and my wife, like I'm working. The reason that I don't go off the deep end when it comes to YouTube is right now it's actually becoming like a stream of income, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's actually like money to be made when you get like a few million views a month. Um, so it's like, I still say what I say. I just, you know, like the, the analogy I always use is like, you can tell your mother that you're sexually active, right? 
but you wouldn't exactly go like, mom, last night I was, you know, you wouldn't go into, you'd be like, mom, I got a girl and we kind of see each other. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. you, you'd say the same thing, but you'd say it differently. Yeah. And that's how I, uh, that's how I try to ap approach things online. Um, just for my own sake, my family's sake now. I, you know um, what? Honestly, I think that's really probably the better approach for most listeners too, because um, you don't want to always come in and hit somebody over the head with a ball peen hammer, right? It, it yeah, starts to yeah. hurt so much that they're like, please get away from me. Yeah, yeah, and, exactly. Know, and I've been accused of that before. So, I mean, <laughs> but I'm just like, I'm like a light switch. I'm either on or I'm off. When I'm off, I'm like, eh, don't bother me. But when I'm yeah. ready to start spreading <laughs> the word, people are like, oh, my God. So you you probably got the right balance you, you know that's where where you're you're excelling at and so yeah doing that. yeah yeah well thank you thank you yeah i'm just uh yeah i'm trying to do that i'm trying to grow the channel um that's the main focus right now i just want to get some more shows i just want to provide people with like value like i want to be able to get to a point where they're seeing not just my point of view they're seeing different point of views they're seeing deep dives and they're seeing it every day if i can yeah. get to that point i'll be very very happy with myself but I mean, um, you know, it just has to start somewhere. So, Get yourself some sandbags or some weight vests or some cool fitness apparel at freedomstrength.us. Go to freedomstrength.us. When you make your purchase, use the discount code SMN10 to receive your discount. Right now, it's just me and my wife. She's my head researcher. I've researched, uh, I've, I've reached out to other people who are willing to be researchers as well. And we'll have to see how that works. And right now I'm just looking for some other people to be on the show and, and, you know, start their own shows. And we're just looking to just grow this thing into something, you know, like, uh, you know, like vice before vice sold out. That kind yes. Of thing. Yes. Right. That'd be <laughs> <nice>. right. <laughs> right. They were great when they first started, man. They were great. They were great fantastic network and then fox bought them and that was it yeah well that's you know what happens when you're doing well and you get a big offer right and you're like oh hey this is our ticket to you know easy street but that's why they do it they buy those places out because that's their competition they're just buying out their competition that's all they're doing yeah yeah exactly exactly so it's well what about you when it comes to not just the uh, spreading the word, but like business wise, like what do you do? Like, are you like a coach as well? Yeah, like, I, I saw you doing a lot of mace work. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, you're gonna have to learn now. Now that you talk to me, you're gonna have to learn how to do mace. <laughs> I've wanted to for a long time. I was watching that other guy, kind of looks like you. He's a bald white guy. Um, he's out in Costa Rica. I think his name's like Mr. Love or something. Like, oh, big yeah, guy. yeah, yeah, is that his name? Yeah, he's like Some. way over the top. He's jacked, man. He's yeah. really he does more than mace. I mean, he's a really good mover athlete. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that guy, like, uh, I've been watching him for a long time, and I love I love his ethos of things, and uh, I I like the whole mace work. I have my own gym downstairs, so I can definitely get into it. But uh, yeah, like, how how did you start your whole journey? Because obviously, you didn't start just spreading truth and stuff, right? No, no. Well, I mean, okay, so I'll go back. As far as 9-11, um, because we had the internet back then and it was a little different. And, and after 9-11, I started going into all this stuff. Okay. <clears throat> and I was like researching all kinds of crazy things. Um, one of the biggest research things I've ever gotten into back, starting back then was learning about the opium trade way back in the day. How the Rothschilds 
and all these big families, they were running ships through, um, you know, go, getting the opium and then bringing it to China. And China back then, they didn't want opium in their country and they were trying to fight against the British people. And I was like, you know what? This, this whole world has been run on the black market huge industry of drugs we see drugs all around us so i, I the world started to open up to me right i started to wow. see i started to see this background thing going on and i started to realize more and more and now i see it so clearly today that pretty much everything is in the that's in the forefront that we pay attention to is pretty much just kind of like made up it's just like a fantasy thing that's mm. meant for us to keep busy on while the mm. real while the big kids go and play in the background and they make all the big things happen. And um, so I just became really aware. And then um, remember in 2003, SARS-CoV-1 emerged in China and it was really yeah. bad. Okay. So I got hired on the fire department in 2004 and we were doing like they were talking about it in classes. We were taking, oh, SARS-CoV-1. And I would yeah. tell people, yo, that's <laughs> – I mean I don't know if this is true. But I was like, yo, that that they made that up on purpose to kill people in Taiwan. That's what I was saying. Like crazy stuff. <laughs> right? And then um, all of a sudden in 2019, uh, there's SARS-CoV-2. And I'm like, wait a minute. Do they mean SARS-CoV-1? I, I, I was like, again? Again, the same country, and they're not telling anybody. We're just finding out now. So that's when I really kicked it up a notch. I said something this time around, something really bad is going to happen. And it really wasn't the the sickness. It was all this other stuff that came along with it. It was uh, it oh, seemed yeah. like it was an excuse to just usher in a whole new thing. And then just like you, I find out about the World Economic Forum and – then uh, I'm following guys like Jordan Peterson who, you know, calls them out in videos. And mm. and I'm like, okay, if all these people with high intellect, smart people, you know, they're they're all, you know, um, talking about this stuff. It must be something. So that's where I'm learning all this stuff from. And then from independent journalists, I follow their accounts. I follow their sub stacks and stuff. So guys like me and you, we, we absorb it from multiple sources, right? And then mm. we become the megaphone because yeah. what I look for is overlap of information. If I see uh, a journalist over here talking about this one detail, and then I see a person over here talking about this detail and they, uh, then I go, oh, that's something. They're both talking about the same thing kind of, aren't they? And then yeah. I start looking for that. And then you can't help it. After a while, everything starts to – you start to see that overlap. Um, so that's how I got into that thing. And like I said, I've been a firefighter since 2004. And um, I got into personal training uh, pretty much around the same time. And then I got into steel mace around – 2017 2018 something like that and wow. i per personally got into it because it was uh great for my shoulders um from heavy weightlifting getting beat up in the fire department and stuff uh i found it was a really nice uh way to work out especially if you didn't want to burn yourself out and um i said i love this it's kind of like a martial art a little bit and yeah. um so i say like, i want to teach this so i got certified and I decided to start this podcast because it was an emerging modality. There wasn't mm -hmm. a lot of people doing it. And I wanted to kind of like, you know, build a community, but I want to get these people on who were doing it so well, the people I was getting certified by 
because I figured over time more people were going to pile in and nobody was going to know who the originator of this was or that. Yeah. So I just wanted to do it. And I always wanted to do a podcast and, um, you know, it was just fitness. And then once the world kind of changed, I decided to use my platform to spread the word about other things. And that's why I have you on. And that's why we're talking. True. True. Okay. So, so back to what you just said about steel mace, it actually helps your shoulders. Cause my shoulder, my AC joints are like, they're like shit now. What's wrong with them? Well, what happened was I remember back in the day, like back to talking about lifting heavy weight, I had like two sixties. Right. And I was like lifting. And then I was in like this community center gym where it's all old people and stuff. Some guy just comes by and just knocks my shoulder and I'm holding the weight and it just goes back like that. And I try to let it roll off. But, and then ever since then, my shoulder has always been bugging me. Then I take this advice from this uh, personal trainer, like you know, kind of personal trainer. He tells me, he tells me to start doing these uh, these reps. Sorry, I always keep my wife able to message me. Sorry, just to make sure she's good. She's okay. Okay, she's messaging me about nothing. Oh, she's pregnant, right? So she has to <laughs> exactly. let you know every little thing, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, yeah, I started doing like all these reps with my shoulder, like a massive amount of reps. It's like just like 20, 30, 30 reps for something. And then all of a sudden I felt this burning. And then I started uh, going to the doctor and looking into it. And they said the the sac, like your AC joint has like the sac. And I ended up tearing it and thickening it. Yeah, so, so it's like, scar it's, tissue. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So Okay, I so something. I could tell you this. Uh, there's this uh, firefighter in Kentucky. His name is um, George Wiggins. He's been on the podcast a bunch of times. And he, you know, he's a big guy, lifted heavy firefighter. Uh, he had all these micro tears in his shoulders yeah. and he was messed up and he started just doing three sixties where you just swing it around your head. And yeah. um, he said it healed him right up. So there's that, yeah. but like kind of one of the funny things about this podcast was um, I, I noticed everybody had a comment to make, Oh, that's going to blow out your shoulders. That's going to blow out your elbows. So, <laughs> I, I started asking people like, oh, so how many times have you blown out your shoulders with a mace? And everybody laughs, you know, so that's like the ongoing joke over the, <laughs> these past few years. It yeah, seems, yeah, yeah. okay, it's all anecdotal, Colin. I mean, nobody's done research, right? But um, it's thousands of years old, technically. I mean, you know, people were swinging these things in the Middle East back in the ancient war. Go to sleepymonkeytrainingacademy.com to turn your pain into power. Your days. Yeah. and uh, But everybody that uses a mace or a steel club re reports that at some point their shoulders start feeling better. You know, So as long as you yeah. don't have like a major injury, like a, tra a traumatic injury, uh, you could start using these uh, very lightweight, and it's the reason why is because it's not compressive, like a shoulder press, like you were just indicating, you're compressing the shoulder joint, yeah. but swinging a mace, you're not, you're not, you're not compressing. You're almost like, do, you're almost pulling the joints apart. So you're getting blood flow in there. And, yeah. Uh, Cause it feels like, like when I do stuff, like when I do certain things, it feels like as if there's like rust inside the joint. That's what it feels like. It feels like it's rusty, yeah. you know? I would try it if I was you, man. I would definitely give it a shot. You know, start with a light, a light mace, and and see how it goes for you. I could, you well, know, what's, I could, what's what's light? Like I'm two forty right now. Like what's light for somebody? 
you're not gonna you're not gonna like this answer, but like ten pounds. I, I know okay, it's, okay. Uh, it's like what ten pounds? Everybody always gets twenty, but it's too because you got to learn the technique. You know, it's like yeah. it's yeah. like if you go to do barbell lifting, they start you off sometimes with a piece of PVC. Yep. Yeah, you know, and, and then you yeah. go up to the bar and you're like, no, no, I want to put like weight on. Like, well, yeah, but you got to learn the technique first because then then you'll get hurt, you know. Uh, but it won't take long for a healthy guy to start swinging some pretty heavy stuff. So you're going to have to buy multiple maces over time or you could buy adjustable maces like um, Addicts, Clubs, and Mace. Uh, there's a lot that you could do. Um, and there's a lot of people that you can learn from online. I could, I could show you, or you could get somebody else or whatever. Um, you know, but I could talk about that more with you in the future, or if anybody's listening, you know, shoot, shoot Colin a message and see if you could, uh, <laughs> hook him up with like a free lesson or something like that. Yeah. I need, I need to learn that technique. Cause it, yeah, it seems really, really good from watching guys do that whole, like I was just watching a video of you doing it. And you were swinging it. You were doing. I I don't know if it's a three sixty, but like you ended it off where it would hit your hand, and then you do like a like a kind of curl with it, and then yes. go back up, and then other way. Yep. I like and that's that. That's a, a um, that mace I'm using is loadable with steel shot, so it sounds like a baby rattle. It's sloshing around in there, and that's thirty five pounds. Okay. So it's a twenty. It's a twenty five pound mace, and I put ten pounds of shot in there. So you can really? get it. Yeah. And so that gets, that feels heavy, you know, but it feels great. It feels great when you start swinging something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It's funny you bring that up. Yeah. My buddy actually, the first person I heard it from was somebody who was Persian. And he was like, he's like, this is like some of the first stuff like they would use, period. He's like, this is some of the first gym equipment ever. Yes. Cause he had, he had these like pins. Like it was like kind of like a pin. It wasn't like a mace, but it was Indian like a clubs. pin. It was, yeah, it was kind of like the same type of things you'd have to do. And I was like, I remember they were light. And I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. Like just trying to hold it in one place like this. I was just like, holy geez. I'm like, what is this? Yeah, I don't do Indian clubs, but the ones that do, uh, they, they'll do two different things at the same time with their hands. Yeah. So it's yeah, like it's chewing nice. gum and walking. Can you do that? <laughs> yeah. But it's good for the brain. So it goes from something simple as some, something nice for your brain all the way up to something physical. True, true, true. I actually, uh, I have a thing here where you were talking about, um, you're talking about um, choosing not to fear is courage. Or no, you said, uh, you said you wanted to rephrase it. Despite fear, choosing what's right is courage. I think that's basically in terms of like when we were talking about like why I got into this and everything like that. That's basically the thing of it, right? It's yeah, you gotta you gotta kind of just do what you know is right, but also. Like in the tenets of like Dr. Peterson, do what's right for yourself, for your family. And then once you have that intact, do what's right for the community. And then, you know, that spills over into, you know, the broader sense of things. But yeah, that's basically what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to do right by my wife, you know, our family yeah. as we grow our family. And, you know, also, you know, just have some integrity when I'm doing this stuff online, you know? Yeah. That's awesome, man. Um, yeah. So let, let's, let's go a little bit more into the other part of what you do. You do mindset coaching, right? Yeah. So, um, and you have all this experience dealing with an addiction. Now you're, you're about to become a father. Uh, so you got the weight of the weight of the world on your shoulders, but you, you carry <laughs> on well, you're, you're still focusing on having integrity and things like that. So um, who's your, ideal client 
how do how do people I, interact with you that kind of stuff ideal client i would say like i mean mean I'm in the coaching world. Like they always like, I have a coach myself. And one of the things they always want you to do is like build an avatar. It's like, what does your ideal person look like? Who do you want to work with? And um, I would say it's like, it's, it's definitely like, I actually, I'm for the first time I'm coaching a couple women. Um, and that wasn't something that I ever thought would even happen as a coach. I always like saw myself as like a men's coach, but these women have been like absolute rock stars have been absolutely incredible. There's a husband and wife that I coach as well. And they're just, they're just amazing. It's just amazing to see and like amazing to see the impact of like, you really get to see the impact that a mother has on, on the kids. Um, but yeah, the ideal person is just somebody who wants to, wants to be coachable, wants to learn, wants to, you know, figure their stuff out, wants to grow change. I mean, when it comes to guys, I mean, you know, guys usually want to be able to be a better father, be a better man, you know, be a better husband, you know, get their, get their shit and get their shit straight. Like, you know, some guys like guys that I work with, usually it's like my ideal self would be like somebody who works out and it's like, okay, we're going to get you there. Like, like basically it's anybody who wants to just either, either form some really good habits and like track those habits and like get get in line with that stuff or somebody who just doesn't have much clarity in life like people who don't have clarity in life like i'm i'm of the full confidence that if you come to me and you have no clarity of where you're supposed to be going that through my program that i have you're going to have clarity and uh, i guess that's another thing i actually have a program that i actually do with people um it's what i call a habit board it's something that i've been following avidly myself for at least like the past, you know, almost year, year and a half, maybe two years now. Um, it's 10 habits that you have on this board and you track them. And the habits are supposed to be geared towards your core values. That's like a big thing of mine. Um, if you know what your core values are, you're going to feel like you have way more purpose in life. If you know what your core values are and you're walking in those core values, you're going to feel like you have way more integrity and purpose throughout your life. And then now, once you have those two things, you have confidence and you're able to just like push through anything basically. Yeah. Now core values, uh, you're, you know, you're saying that if somebody's never thought about what their core values are, that's could be a mystery, right? To people. I mean, it's like, yeah, they don't even know they start Googling the definition of core values. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now that still doesn't get you there. So, I mean, uh, does, is there a diverse amount of different core values out there that people have to hunt and peck through or they're really, I, I yeah. I mean like uh, your core values, what I usually do is I'll give you a bit of the program, but like, um, I usually like your core values would be what's most important to you when you know all the chips are down. Like if you knew you were about to die in like a year. Like what would be the five most important things for you to, to do in life, to, to look after in life? And when I ask people that question, it always goes family. It always goes leaving my kids something. It always goes exploring something. It always falls under, it always falls under family, finance, you know, uh, some people it's like relationship with God because they know like they're about to pass. Yeah. Um, and it's always within that range. Like for me, for an example, is uh, mine is family, finance, fitness, um, and then impact. 
Like those are like my those are like my four. There's one more that I'm missing. Impact right meaning um like how you impact the world. The the work that I do, how you impact yeah. the world, how you yeah. impact the people around you. Like 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 what are you about? You know, that type of thing. Yeah. So and then like my family, of course. And yeah, it's it's it always falls under those things. So it's like, what is it for anybody? It could it could be different. I have one client where it's like legacy, experience, opportunity. Oh, that's actually another one of my core values, legacy. That's the fifth one. But like theirs is like experience, opportunity, peace. Like everybody's is different. Yeah. Okay. Um, so so well, it's like mine I, are similar to yours. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's mm -hmm. good. It's it's gonna the thing is, like I've done it with dozens and dozens of people, it always comes up somewhat the same. Like even when somebody's talking about like legacy and experience, right? It may not be the same as like what we just listed off as ours, but if you look at the core of it, it really is. It's like, what do you want in terms of legacy? Well, I want my kids to be well off and I want them to be taken care of and I want them to know what my values were. It's like, okay, so it was finance and family, you know? Yeah. It's like everybody just has a different way of framing it. Like right. somebody wants peace. It's like, well, what's peace to you? It's like, well, I want to know my kids were taken care of. Right. I want to know that this is good. I, you know, I want to know my husband knows that like I loved him and I did everything I could for him. My wife know I could, you know, it's like, it's always, it's, it's always framed differently, but at the core, it's usually the same, same thing. But okay. there's like a whole, there's a whole process I go through with people. It's called the death day exercise. I take them through that exercise. Um, and from there we flush out what the core values are. So It'll always be different with people, but um, it's a fun process to do, and it's usually very, very eye-opening for people to like understand their core values because we never question that. Most yeah. people, most people are living life on like default. They're right. just kind of going through life, and what the program that I have does, it kind of it makes you find what your core values are, and then it makes you establish ten habits in life that are going to have you execute on those core values every day. So when you're executing on your core values every day, right away, you have purpose. Once you have purpose, you have more confidence. Once you have purpose and confidence, now all of a sudden you have integrity because you know that there's some pillars in life that you have to stand by, that you have to execute on. And then once you have integrity, it's like every, everything just starts going up. Like once you have those, especially with men, I find once they have integrity, they have purpose, they have confidence, they, there's... I don't want to say there's nothing they can't tackle, but they all of a sudden are equipped to tackle way more than they were before that. Because if you're just walking around on default and you don't know what the hell's going on with your life, it's like it's hard to take anything on. Right. You're you're kind of like uh, overwhelmed, I guess. Like it's just I don't know what to do. You're I overwhelmed. You're depressed. You're feeling like you're not good enough. Right. You know, so many guys feel like they're not good enough. And it's like, well, what's what's even good enough in your eyes? And it's like, they don't even know that. And then if they really like pick it apart, it's like they're looking at their screens. They're looking at TV, this, that. And they're thinking that's what's good enough. But yeah. it's like, no, 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 buddy. Like, what's good enough for you? What's what's the ideal of you? Forget what the ideal of David Goggins is. Forget about that shit. <laughs> You're not running 200 miles unless that's your goal. But you don't have to look at him to know what the epitome of a man is. Like the epitome of the man that you are is within you and you have to flush that out and you have to establish that and you have to walk in that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you're giving people action that they could take. So yeah, guys, guys are action oriented, right? So once they have that ability to take an action, that's got to pump them up. 
that that's just it, right? Like, like I said, I give them 10 habits that they're supposed to, well, they give themselves 10 habits that they're supposed to execute on every day. And it's like, now you have 10 things that are going to put you into an action state every day. Like for me, for me, my actions are, I have to wake up at a certain time. If I had any two things I could put, I never tell people what to put on their habit board, but if I had a choice of what two things a man should follow every man is when to wake up and when to go to sleep and like stick to that shit. Yeah. You know? Um, so for me, it's like, I have to wake up at a certain time. As soon as I wake up, I got to go into prayer and affirmation. Once I'm done with that, it's a mobility uh, session. Then after that, it's go for a run. Then it's get my exercise in. Then it's tell my wife that I appreciate her. Um, and then after that, it's uh, uh, text, see, or call someone in my family. And that's extended family too. Cause I got a couple of guys who are like, you know, they're right next to blood with me. Like I, I love these guys forever. Um, and then after that, it's post two videos on YouTube and then it's, you know, uh, read about money and finance. Cause I got to concentrate on that, you know, becoming a family man. And then it's get to bed on time. Like that's, that's me. Like I have to do those 10 things. Like they have to happen every single day. They have to, you know? So, wow. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, now, it's 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 essential. You mentioned um you have to tell your wife that you appreciate her. So I got a little question for you about that. So that one of the things I decided to do um was to start saying grace at dinner with my family. Oh, that's um, nice. Yeah. And and when if we first were doing it, I mean we were even taking turns and everything was going great. But uh I'm not saying it's not going great, but now it seems like it's kind of become mechanical. So yeah. it's, it's sort of lost that, that new kind of car smell, you know? So yeah, I was yeah. just thinking like, you know, your wife is now expecting you to come to her and say this to her every time. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, I'm going to say this thing that I say to her every, every time. How do you, how do you keep the the shine in that? You know, how do you keep that beautiful Man, without it? Becoming yeah, I know. That's actually a great question. Um, I never even thought of that, really. Um, I don't know. I don't know, man. Like, uh, when I do it, it's always it's always via a hug. Mm -hmm. um, and she actually has her own habit board. Our habit boards are like right in the living room, right next to each other. Big whiteboards right in our faces. Because um, I think that's the best way to take accountability. Just like put your duties in your face kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's usually via a hug. It's usually before she gets off to work, I'll just grab her and I hug her and I just say, you know, I appreciate you so much. And, you know, I just say a bunch of stuff, you know, you're a great wife. You're, you're going to be a, a fantastic mother. You're great. You know, like I just, you know. Yeah. What lady um, doesn't like to hear that, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's not like she's going to be like, oh, come on. You told me that yesterday. <laughs> she's like, yeah, right? keep going. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know, man. Like it, it, it's, it's a combination of like, I always just make, I make sure to do it. It's always heartfelt. And then also, I guess it's also my partner, right? She's, you know, like not, I don't even like to call her my partner, but like my wife, um, she just, she always is receptive to it. It's, it never becomes something where it's just like, I hear this all the time. It, yeah. It's never that. But at the same time, it's like, it's something that we both crave. Like, even if it's unknowingly, like she craves you know, being told that she's, she's good enough, that, that she's appreciated by her husband, right? She's a conservative woman. As soon as I became her husband, she made me the most important thing in her life. She's very conservative in that respect, you know, very traditional in that respect. So when I tell her that it means a lot and like, I crave it unknowingly because it's like, I want to, 
I want to let her know the how good of a job she's doing. And it's like a reciprocal thing. As I keep doing that, she keeps doing a better job. She keeps doing a better job. Um, and she keeps becoming somebody who's worthy of being appreciated. She goes above and beyond constantly. But I mean, how we keep it beautiful, it's just, I don't know, man. It's just its just a good hug. And we love hugging each other every morning. And, and yeah, may, maybe we just have like a really good marriage. But I just, I just, I just grab her and I kiss her and I just tell her how much I appreciate her. She tends to just love it. It's, it's always, it's always good. But I mean, if things become mechanical, like, like saying the grace and everything, it's, in my opinion, it's not the worst thing in the world, right? Because at the same time, it's like the value is still being ingrained, right? Maybe like if I was like if I was coaching somebody or asking me about this, I would say maybe you need to talk more about the meaning of it, you know? Like as we as we link the things we do to more meaning, we tend to see them like much differently, you know? Like when I tell somebody I'm coaching like, "Hey man, like if you slept 7 hours a day and you weren't all groggy throughout the day, like maybe you'd be able to get more work done." And you work from home and there's no ceiling on how much money you make. So it's like maybe you should look at sleep as being linked directly to your financial situation. You say you want to work on your finances, we'll work on your sleep. And all of a sudden now they're approaching sleep completely differently because they're like, okay, this is actually going to help in my life. So it's yeah. like maybe if things aren't as uh, glamorous with the grace, it's like maybe you got to actually talk about it. Or maybe it's like you need to start doing more of a prayer. Maybe you need to start actually saying things. Maybe it needs to become like a gratitude practice, right? Where you're, you're like, hey, you know, I want you to say three things you're grateful for. I want you to say three things. You're, I'm going to say three things we're grateful for. And then we're all going to, and that's our grace time, you know? Yeah, that's good advice. I like that. Yeah, that's, yeah, so man. there you go. I mean, I just asked <laughs> you a question and you, you actually helped me with that. So <laughs> the advice, yeah, but man, it's, it's I, a big I, one. And grace is great, man. That's a good one to actually get into. I, I, uh. I would like to do that when I got the kids and everything. Cause yeah. that's a good value to have, man. That's a good value to have. You don't realize it and the kids don't realize it until they're around people that don't do it. And then you realize it. Like my wife, she always was a traditional family, classy family. They always sat down and had dinner together. No phones, no, none of that shit, no TVs, just them talking. They would talk about politics. They talk about their days and it made her such a more intelligent person, such a more critical thinking person. But when she saw that I didn't do it, that's when she clicked into how important her, what her parents were making her do every day. That's how, like, all of a sudden she was like, oh, this is why it's important. Because now we're sitting in front of the TV and we're not talking and we're not talking about our days. She's like, oh, okay, so we need to get into the dining room. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. And then um, with the, with my family, you know, I was like, you know, we're going to just blow through this meal. Like we're all hungry. And then everybody's just going to go disperse, do whatever. And then you lose that moment. So yeah. it slows everything down a little bit. It's like, Oh, you got this hot plate of food. You're, you're hungry. No, don't touch it yet. Make sure everybody's yeah. seated. Right. Nobody starts eating ahead of the other people. While yeah. They're grabbing some last minute things, napkins, drinks. No, wait till everybody's here and then slow it down, slow down the process a little bit. And somebody, you know, say grace. It's, it's me a lot. Um, but mm -hmm. when they don't want a long one, they'll do it because I'm the I'm the guy that goes long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, you know, my daughter will say stuff, and and it, yeah, it really. And then it puts the 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 subject of God 
on the table, yeah. literally. And yeah. now you you might just jump into a conversation that involves some kind of spiritual concepts, which is yeah. way, 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 way better and deeper than just talking about the weather or, you know, you can always get to the light stuff later. Yeah. Yeah. But like you, you're going to see like, like, right. Like you just said, you had a daughter one day she's going to, she's going to be going out with guys and it's going to be horrifying of course, <laughs> but she's going to see, she's going to see a guy's family that doesn't do it. And she's going to be like, Hmm, I don't know about this guy. She's gonna like it's, it's gonna it's gonna instinctually raise her standards. Yeah, she's gonna be like, I wanna I wanna see a family does my dad my dad always sat down and did grace. What kind of dad do you have? What kind of man is your father? He doesn't say grace. Yeah, he doesn't make us all sit down. You guys are already eating. I don't even have my stuff out. She's gonna like have a different type of uh, standard towards that, and it's because of what you're doing every day. So she may not participate as much as you want, but later in life she'll be like, uh, I need a guy who's a little bit like my dad. Like That's my dad had had values he had integrity yeah that's a really good point and 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 let's pause on that because uh i want to point out to the audience that you just painted that picture for me which i mm -hmm. guess is this is how you uh handle your clients you you can help them envision where all their work is going where sometimes people don't do that right they're kind of they're trying they're doing mm -hmm. the best they can but they're not looking long term where how good this can be for them. Uh, so good job on your part to be able to thank you to be able to do that. And you know, I think um, you have some definite skills there. That's that's the whole habit thing, right? Like every habit turns into something, right? Like like eventually, like you know, like my my prayer habit turned into me going to church, and you know, eventually, like I fall off, and some days, some weeks, I don't get there, and you know, this channel's made it so I haven't gotten there in a few weeks, but. All of a sudden, it's like, I'm going to get back into it, keep going, keep going, keep going. And maybe that turns into me getting baptized. Maybe that turns into me volunteering at the church. Like, your habits, they affect you so much, man. It's like, it's just, yeah. it's so much. Like, right now, I'm running 10 minutes a day. And I, I was doing runs that were like 10 miles last summer. But like, right now, I'm running 10 minutes a day. And as I keep doing that, it's like, the habit's just deepening and deepening and deepening. And it's like, you just never know where it can go. That's why it's like, when you tell me you're doing grace, it's like, what's that turn into for the kids? Like, like I actually have a client and she actually wouldn't mind me talking about this, but she has a quote that she says to her sons because I wanted her to work on finance. I'm like, you know, what's the smallest thing you can do to like work on finance? You say you want your kids to like have a better mindset towards money and be taken care of. I'm like, so what can you do? And she has this affirmation where she says, I don't work for money. And then her, her kids will say back to her, money works for me. And she just kept doing that and doing that and doing that for a few months. And then all of a sudden, like her six-year-old son goes, how does money work for us? And it's that little thing just oh. like that. It's like, you don't know what's going to happen. Like right now you just turned a switch in his head and now he wants to know how can I have money work for me? How does that work? And he's six years old. Yeah. Like who knows what that turns into by the time those kids are in their twenties. Cause now they're going to have this affirmation that their mom put into their head where it's like. I, I'm not supposed to be working for money. You were talking about this whole, I actually heard a video where you're talking about the whole like modern day slave type of thing that we all go through. Right. And it's like, they're going to all of a sudden look and go, oh, that's working for money. Oh, I don't want to do that. No, no. My mom, my mom always said money works for us. Yeah. That's going to like, that's going to change the way her whole family's dynamic towards money into the future. It's going to change the way they look at money. And all of a sudden she's actually amazing. She takes her kids on trips to the bank 
So she'll actually take the kids trips to the bank and like deposit some money. And it's like, again, you don't know what that habit's going to lead to that yeah. kid. This might be like, you know, like, you know, he might be like, you know, I, I got into stocks because my mom took me to the bank every week. And then one day I put $10 into a stock and I watched that stock. And when I was 20, I did that. You have no idea what it'll turn into the same way. Parents can have negative impacts on kids. They can have, they can have drastically positive impacts on kids through those little things. Through like just saying grace, just saying this affirmation with your, with your son. It's like, you have no idea what that turns into. It, it turn it can turn into so much. Two big lessons with your story is one, you said that it took about six months for the kid to ask the question. So the first Even lesson less, is, it, took, it took like three months, but yeah, I know you mean. All right. yeah. Okay. But it wasn't instant. It wasn't exactly. instant. And that's not going to happen, especially when you're planting seeds of goodness, right? Seeds of goodness yeah. require a lot of water. Uh, so you have, you have to be patient. Uh, but uh, the other thing too, is if you sit a six year old down and try to tell them, I'm going to tell you exactly how money works and everything. Yeah. They're not going to listen to you. <laughs> They're not going to listen to anything you have to say, but that kid came asking the questions. Exactly. So that's how you want your kids to be that you want them to come to you and be like, well, I want to learn how this is, but now you have a willing subject that you could actually sit exactly. down with that will listen to you. Exactly. Now they're exactly. an open sponge or, uh, you know, they're a sponge ready to soak up whatever you say. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, man, your, your habits are everything, man. They're everything. They're, they're look just at, everything. You you're helping her and by, and trickling downstream, it's helping her kids. Oh yeah. Yeah. Think yeah, about yeah. that. You might Nuts. not, they might not, they might be millionaires one day. They might not even know who you are, but it's because of <laughs> because of you. So you are affecting, you are impacting people. And that's yeah. that I mean, that's a beautiful thing. So there's one of your one of your uh habits that you or one of your your core values right there. Man, I, another person I was working with, another story. This guy doesn't mind me telling either. He actually wants me to post his sessions on my channel, and I actually might do that. Um he was he was talking to me. He wanted to like become, we were talking about becoming a better man. We were talking about like getting into, you know, his finances and, 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 and growing that and becoming somebody who can like run a seven figure company. And we were talking and I was telling him to list off all the traits. Cause I don't like, I don't like to inject to people what I think they should do. I want them to tell me what they think you should do. And then we'll work from it from there. And he's telling me all these traits and I keep asking him, you know, what else, what else, what else? I'm just trying to get it all out of him. What else? And then all of a sudden he's like, I need to forgive myself. And he's mm. like a father. And I was like, oh man, I'm like, well, that's the thing. I'm like, that's the thing that's going to bring about all this other stuff. I'm like, what do you need to forgive yourself? He's like, I haven't been, he's like, I haven't been the, the provider that I should have been. He's like, and I need to apologize. And this guy actually went, I'm going to get choked up just talking about it. He goes and he apologizes to his wife and his kids that he hasn't been the provider that he knows he could be. Wow. And again, back to habits, back to habits. It's like his sons are going to remember that forever. Yeah. Forever. They're going to be like, that's what integrity is. Like a man knows when he's wrong and he just comes, he apologizes and he steps up. You know, like they're going to remember that forever. They're going to yeah. be like, when I was 10, when I was six, my dad came in the room and he apologized to us. For that's not providing, 
crazy crazy so i always talk to him about it i'm always like bro you have no idea how big that i'm like that's the biggest thing i've ever heard a father do before man yeah that's got to have such an impact later down later on down the line for that kid um because i'm sure when he when he said it he there was a little bit of emotion maybe maybe even a little wet eye so the kid the kid saw that it was sort of like hurting his father. So sometimes when, you know, kids grow up, they want to, they'll, they'll learn from their father's mistakes. Right. And we, well, I'm not going to do that. And then you start to see, Oh, well, you know, my father was just a man. He was just a human, just like me. And now here I am. And I could learn from him that, so he could maybe be a great, his son will be even four times as much of a provider. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He's going to understand how important it is. He's going to understand how important it is to be a provider, how important it is to like, you know, just admit when you're wrong, how important it is to like, think of your family in that respect and apologize to your family. Like that's a humble position to be in for a guy. When you're like, you're, you're getting down and you're apologizing to a fucking 10 year old. That's fucking, that's rough, man. It's rough, but guys go through that, man. Guys yeah. go through that stuff. And uh, yeah, back to where it all started. Like, who do I want to coach? I want to coach guys like that. I want to coach guys who fucking, they want to be better. They want to be that that person that they know they can be. Like, that's the that's the best thing. The and there's always room for improvement, no matter where you think you are, right? Oh, of course. Yeah, man. Of course. Of course, man. People, uh, right? Like, like Goggins himself right now is running down a street and he's trying to grind out 50 miles. And he feels uh, like yeah, I'm broken like, feet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like there's always room for improvement. Cam Haynes right now is somewhere trying to shoot a bow through like a little, like a little small bullseye. It's like, man, there's always room for improvement. Always, always. It's always there for us, man. There's so yeah. much, so much to be had. Well, that's a really terrific message right there uh, that we could end on. That there's always room for improvement. Don't be afraid to reach out and ask people, right? So if somebody wants to get in touch with you, if somebody wants to um, check you out a little bit more, do you have a website or uh, how do people get Um, in touch with you? I actually, like, uh, it's crazy. It's funny, the guy who's actually building my website, he actually reminds me a lot of you, my buddy Rob. Um, you guys actually kind of look similar. You you look like a like a like a, a shaved head version of him, basically. Okay. But um, but he's building my website right now, and because of the channel growth, I haven't been able to get in touch with him recently because I've just been focusing on making videos all the time. So I don't have the website up yet. But if you wanted to get in contact with me, definitely you could email me at coach Colin the number three at the end at gmail.com um that that's my email that's where i do all my business and then obviously you can always reach out to me on instagram i am coach colin twitter i am coach colin but yeah email is well where you'll get the the quickest response for sure all right and what about your um your instagram account i normally put an instagram account uh down below your name for the video uh but i could put something else there no yeah yeah like i said the instagram is i am coach colin Oh, okay. I'm Instagram, sorry. Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube are all the same. Just I am Coach Colin. But I was actually thinking, I'm like, I might change the YouTube to Soul Not For Sale because I, I always wear a shirt that says Soul Not For Sale. And I and I like that message. You know, don't sell your soul over all the nonsense in the world. So I'm, I'm thinking about it. But it's I am Coach Colin for now. All right. Well, that's a good name, man. 
right? That's right? you're gonna have to really uh, consider that one. But that's a tough decision too to change a name when you're like right in the middle of things. But I know, that's a, I, know. I, I like that. Right. Somebody else like is gonna steal it now. Now that it's gonna be on. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> man, but thank you so much for having me, man. This is great. This is actually great. And you did good, man. You, uh, I know you were like worried about not saying the wrong things, but you're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I was like, I just let you you uh, talk about that stuff. But you know, um, I mean, all those issues going on in the world, um, you know, keep doing what you're doing. I'm gonna keep watching, and feel free to come back anytime to talk more about it. I love talking about that stuff. I think it's important. Um, anything I could bring to my audience that could just make them a little bit more aware or more well-equipped. Uh, it, yeah. It's greatly appreciated. So anytime, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for you, um, because I'm actually probably going to cross promote it. Are you on Spotify or anything like that? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay, on Spotify perfect. and all the uh, audio platforms that you could pretty much be on. Perfect. Perfect. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shout you out as well. All right. So thanks a lot, everybody, for listening. Thanks, Colin. Uh, we'll see you at the next one. Definitely.